listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. But struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm Lauren. And we're your resident best friends to help you along your relationship journey. See what I did there? Yeah, we are just a rhyming duo. I think we might go into freestyle rapping at some point in this episode, but stay tuned for a surprise. Um, (laughs) Just get ready. Um, And think of us as your very own little fun fairies. We bring joy to the process of dating and relationships. We sprinkle love dust all over the place because it takes a village to date and we are your community. And you can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. It is so helpful when you guys share because we love seeing our audience grow and it helps us bring you fabulous offers. And it also keeps the lights on for us here in our little complicated village. So please share, tell a friend, do your job. So in LA, they just opened the bars and closed them again due to COVID cases going up. And on top of that, they closed the beaches for the holiday weekend. And now they're even closing restaurants for dine-in or something. I don't know. It's very hard to keep track. But if you can't go to a bar and you can't go to the beach and the rest of the time you're wearing a mask so no one can even see you. So how on earth are singles supposed to meet someone? We're bringing Serena fucking Kerrigan in today to discuss dating in the times of COVID and how to unapologetically love yourself and not give a fuck what people think. Serena was born and raised in New York City, so she is a video producer and digital creative specializing in personal brand building, social media strategy, and engaging video content. Serena has four years of hands-on experience from her role as a video producer at Refinery29, our favorite, overseeing short film, digital content, and long-form narrative across several verticals, including Facebook, Snapchat, Instagram, and YouTube. Just the heavy hitters. No big deal. Serena also became one of the faces of Refinery29 through her role as on-air talent in which she conducted celebrity interviews and starred in several series in the studio and on the red carpet. Serena left her role at Refinery29 in early 2020 to expand her personal brand, SFK, the Queen of Confidence. What started as a made-up separate identity soon evolved into the Queen of Confidence, a symbol for all women that stands for authenticity, sexual freedom, and loving oneself unapologetically. And Serena's brand has caught more than just the attention of her peers. She has collaborated and created content for a myriad of high-power companies, including Air France, Amazon, Google, Bumble, and Svedka. In March, Serena observed, like we all did, the changing digital dating landscape and seized an opportunity to create, produce, and host the very first reality show entirely on Instagram Live called Let's Fucking Date. The show has been growing in popularity every week, uh, 4,000 concurrent live views, to say the least, and has been picked up by the likes of the Today Show and Guest of a Guest. Let's Fucking Date is a clear example of the power Serena has to mobilize her highly engaged fan base, even during the times of unprecedented crisis. Her accomplishments thus far have highlighted her confidence, poise, and drive, and she's only getting started. Want to find some fucking confidence when dating in a time of COVID? She's here to help you do it. Welcome to the show, Serena. First and foremost, how are you doing in this whole crazy world right now? You know, I have to say, I'm doing pretty great. 
Um, obviously I have extreme empathy and there's a lot of, you know, obviously it's crazy and there are things coming to light. And obviously like, it's very disconcerting that, you know, I thought that we were going to be past kind of the Corona era the same way other countries are. And it's a bummer that we're not, but I try to think, focus on only the things that I can control. Um, and that's really just been my career and growing my company and my brand. So in terms of that, I feel really, you know, I feel very positive and focused. Um, in terms of the outside world, I just, I just try not to, to let it get to me. Yeah, that's all you can basically do. And that's actually advice on a smaller scale to like dating and relationships and love and anything that has to do with that, because you can't, you are only responsible for yourself. You can only control yourself. So like, don't stress too, at least this is how we feel. Maybe you feel different. Don't fucking stress so much about when you're texting a guy back. Like, oh, if you do it this day or that day, like it doesn't matter. You don't have control over anybody else. You only have control over yourself. So like, do what you want, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. I think that there's a lot of, you know, confusion around dating um, because, you know, on one hand, like I'm a hyper feminist. My entire brand is about empowerment and about not caring what people think and about being very true to yourself um, and not wavering. But that being said, when you think about heterosexual relationships and biology and, you know, evolution and how men are predominantly chasing after whether it back in the day, hunter gatherers, it was prey and food. And, you know, so they have this hunter mentality. And I think that, you know, in the last, what, 50 years? 50 to 70 years, you know, the women's place in the world has changed drastically. Now we make money. Now we actually make, more, I think more women have jobs than men. If I'm not, I could be stand corrected, but you know, so that dynamic has shifted. And then what happens too is like, okay, if a woman wants something, she goes after it. What I've learned is that like, even if that's the case, men still need to feel as though they have the control. And that's something for someone like me that's very difficult to wrap my head around. I agree with you on that same sentiment. Like I have a hard time with that as well because like I feel so able-bodied in my like workspace that I forget that there's also some sort of tact that goes within dating because men are the way they are for, I mean, since they were created um, and it's like in their fiber of their being. But I think there's something to be said for dropping the handkerchief because that's giving our amount of effort that we can in our control to say, hey, I'm interested, whether it be super obvious or maybe just a hint, but like we're giving them the green light and then they can feel like the man and do whatever men do to chase. Ryan Howie says, men look for green lights and women look for red flags. And yeah. obviously both of those things are very different. But if we're knowing that they are looking for green lights, then we have to make sure they know they can go. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I think giving a little, uh, I don't know. I think I had a hard time with this when like in the single dating world as well, like having an urge to do something or wanting to contact somebody and feeling like I couldn't because I was looking a certain way, like not like a woman or not letting him chase or being too desperate when I wasn't any of those things. I just was like, that's how it's going to be portrayed, but I wanted to still be myself. And I did at sometimes have a level of confidence and where I thought I, I can do this. Like I don't have a problem contacting him or whatever, but yeah, the gender roles did come into play too. Like, they are men and they do want to chase and you've got to kind of let them do that. It was like a very, very delicate balance. But I think keep just keeping that in mind, like you can have confidence and don't be 
don't be afraid that it's going to be looked at as desperation if you're making a move or just like giving a green light to go. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Harder to do now with the pandemic and stuff, but you know, we're finding our way. Totally. hundred percent. So you're in New York. What has life been like for you there? Because I know they're just changing the rules again here and closing things and they're changing rules there and delaying restaurants opening, right? Uh, restaurants are open outside. I mean, honestly, like I've been, I was actually like one of the few people I know who is completely quarantined alone for three months, um, in my apartment in New York. Um, literally like my roommate had left, my parents like were uptown and I was really just completely alone. And I saw it as this opportunity that I would have this like one time in my life chance where I just quit my job uh, at a media company a month before to build my own brand. And I was like, oh my God, like this is the universe being like, everyone is on their phone. Everyone is going to watch the content you make immediately. Like this is your time. You have all eyes on you. Like go out there and like just try different things and see what you can do. And creatively, I look back and like, you know, I it just, it was the best thing for me because I was just so focused um, on building and creating in a way that I'd never been. And you are Serena fucking Kerrigan. So can you tell us how that came about? Because that is fucking brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like I was just 18 years old. I went to Duke University. I, I, I was born and raised in the city. So I went to Duke and I was very insecure. Like I really didn't like my body. I felt invisible to guys. I felt like, you know, I just was really out of my element. And as a um, self-defense mechanism, I was like, I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan. That's like how I just presented myself. At the time, I didn't realize that what I was doing was I was kind of projecting this confident persona that I wasn't. I didn't, I didn't have that mental space yet. I wasn't that aware of what I was doing. Um, but you know, I built, I created this character like SFK was like extra and larger than life. And like went up to the guy and was like, I, you, you, I fuck me all the time. Like, let's go home together. And like, and she just like, was just this character that became very well known at Duke. And after I left Duke, it, it kind of continued to persist, but really Serena and SFK kind of became the same person. And, and then, you know, now it's obviously I ran with it, but when I realized that I found the trick to being confident, I was able to really understand that and really think about it and realize that like, there's such a void where like, you know, we're all born with confidence, but then as we grow up, you know, through the media, through ideology, through society, especially in the United States, like the Puritans and the whole puritanical like ideology and way of thinking like makes women feel really insecure and makes them, you know, question themselves all the time. So I was like, I know how I went from being insecure to being confident. What if I really rode that? And what if I filled that void in this space? Like no one was really talking about it. No one in, in, in the sense of like, I felt like anything about confidence was very earnest or religious or just like not me. And I realized that SFK and her, her, you know, her as a character was really appealing and interesting, but also um, relatable and, and, and aspirational in a way. Like anyone can be SFK if they want. It's just a mentality. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's like Sasha Fierce, like Beyonce. It's like Lady Gaga. It's like Beyonce. Exactly. But I think that, you know, when celebrities do it, it feels kind of unreachable but when you know and that's why I think influencers have so much power in the marketplace and you know when someone like me is 26 years old I'm not special at all like I just figured something out that worked for me and I think that it it clearly it works for other people too 
Yeah, I think that makes it's way more relatable for you to be doing it than for people to be like, well, Beyonce, she gets up on a stage with hair and makeup and a fan exactly. and like all the co- it's totally not the same thing. But the personal well, trainer has everybody helping her all the time. Like, mm-hmm. of course, she's going to be confident when there's a team of human beings making her confident. Beyonce is literally a goddess. But yeah, any other celebrity, it's exactly they have a whole team. But Beyonce is also just like unrelatable to anyone. <laughs> exactly. She's like, on another level. But what, so like for you, I don't know. I mean, I kind of would recommend like peep, some people trying this out. Like if you feel like you need confidence, I don't, I don't know if I love the saying like fake it till you make it, but for lack of a better term, you could try this theory out, like go out and pretend a little bit like you're a more confident person than you really are. And say that like thing to the guy that you wouldn't normally say, or be a little more abrasive or more forward or whatever it is, whatever word you want to use when approaching like a, you know, relationship, love, sexual type of situation and see how it feels like fake it till you make it for lack of a better word. Do you do like think you should tell people to do that to be honest I really don't think it has to do anything about a guy like I think that you have to remove everything about you know the partner the person the man the friend the girl anything it's about the relationship with yourself and yes I agree I think that the number one thing I tell to all my clients because I'm a confidence coach is do you look in the mirror do you talk to yourself in the mirror I'm an only child so I spent a lot of time alone in my childhood and I would talk to myself a lot and when I got to Duke, I, I would record myself on my phone, but I realized it wasn't because I like I've been writing in a diary since I was literally my first kiss. So I like documenting a lot of my life, but more so I realized that when I would speak to myself on the phone, it was like speaking to a friend. And so that really cultivating and nurturing that relationship with myself is what also led to confidence. And it's kind of insane to me that like we don't compliment ourselves. We don't talk to ourselves when who is the one person you're going to be with from the moment you breathe to the moment you pass away? It's you. So I think that in society, we're fed all of this bullshit about the other person, the friend, the boss. What about yourself? Your relationship to yourself, the way you look at yourself, the way you treat yourself, the way you speak to yourself is so fucking important. So once you've mastered that, and yeah, once you start talking to yourself in the mirror, it's a lot harder to be like, you're disgusting when you look at yourself in the mirror than it did to say you're beautiful. That being said, all of my clients are like, ah, no, I don't speak to myself in the mirror because um, it's weird. I'm like, exactly. Because anything in life worth having is not easy. So the fact that it's weird means that you need to become more comfortable with speaking and accepting yourself as a real person. And then I believe that once you've mastered that, it flows into every other part of your being. It flows into every other aspect of your life. That you're, you know, that when I learned to love myself, I quit my job. When I learned to love myself, I started a live dating show. When I learned to love myself, I walked away from, you know, my best friend that I had feelings for when he told me he didn't want to commit. I said, okay, fine. Then I walked out because I realized that I was like, I'm fucking worthy of all these things. Oh, yeah. It, this is like literally a 2020, like, you know, I always thought I, you know, I, I've been the quote unquote queen of confidence for a while. It's almost been a year, but like, confidence is something you have to work out every single day. Absolutely. And I think also like when it comes to, you know, 
dating, we always do say it starts with yourself. Like, how are you supposed to bring anyone else in if you haven't mastered like the art of loving yourself? And obviously easier said than done in some cases and people don't understand necessarily where to begin. But I think the mirror makes a lot of sense and love your TikTok video. I actually played it like on loop. Uh, your tips for becoming a confident queen. And I remember actually my mom as when I was a little kid, she sat me in front of the mirror and I think it was like a child psychologist that told her to do this, but had me tell myself I loved myself in the mirror as a little kid. And I remember telling a friend to do that. And then she really took it and became this like, not monster, but like she really took it like a 180 and became the most confident person ever, which is great because she's now married with kids and has like this wonderful life. She moved to Denver and all these things. But it is also something I think you do have to keep working at because there are going to be things that knock you down. And, you know, like even with your dating show, you had to be super confident to be able to put yourself out there, I would assume. But then also you can't control how each date goes and how you're going to feel about each date. Totally. hundred percent. I mean, but that's the thing, right? You can't, why focus on the things that you can't control? If you can focus on yourself and like being true to yourself and yeah, I think that before when I used to go on dates, like I was so anxious about the date going well that I kind of I was like, wait, who was I just now? Like, was that really me? Like, did I laugh at that joke because it was funny or because I wanted him to feel good? And, you know, like I wanted the date to go good. And so I think the show, why it kind of took off was because it's like, here's a woman who is unwavering. She's going to be who she is. I don't think the word abrasive works because I think that's a negative. And I think that women, when they're confident and strong the way men are, all of a sudden they're like, you know, difficult, abrasive, aggressive, and, you know, bullshit. I'm just, I'm just strong. Like I'm just a strong woman and like I'll call you out or I'll laugh at your joke or I won't and I'll I'll talk about my sex life and I'm just doing what men do. It's just that when a woman does it, it's like, oh my God. It is. It's like I don't subscribe to that and I'm assuming you don't now based on what you just said, but like the theory like why men love bitches. Remember there was like some book about that and I remember mm-hmm. just being like, I am not reading that and I don't care. Like, Did you read it though? I didn't and maybe one of my can I tell you something? It's one of my favorite books. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. So it's interesting you say that. Okay, I'm, good to know. Why so I am obviously speaking, I'm speaking from a very good friend that read it and swore by it, but she actually happens to be a bitchy personality. The term bitches isn't like bitchy woman. It's like it's 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 the same way like I say I'm Serena fucking Kerrigan and people are like, whoa, I think the title of the book is a little bit of a misnomer. The book is essentially telling women, be yourself, confident, strong. It's not bitch in a term of like, like she's a bitch, she's like a rude chick, whatever. It's actually like, I love that book whenever any of my audiences, audience asks me for dating advice. That's actually the book that I send them to because it made me realize that like what men want is women that are confident, independent, living their own fucking so more like a boss than a bitch, but they didn't use the word boss back then. Correct. Yeah. I Well, I actually agree with that. I think I just didn't um, know the message of the book, just turned off by the bitchy friend that told me about it because she is actually a bitch, but she's also my friend, so you got to love her. But so many women, I think, get like bogged down by this like societal myth of having to be um, coy and not desperate and don't talk about marriage. Well, guess what? If you want to get married, talk about it. Like, I don't really, I, I understand that there is a little bit of a game to play and all of that, but I just really 
agree with the do what you want in the moment, try to live in the moment. And yes, at times it's hard, but I was always, I had trouble dating because of that. Mm -hmm. Um, I just got so many advice from girlfriends. We say it takes a village to date and you know, you get on the phone and you're like, what should I do? What should I say? And like the, the overall advice I would get from people would be like, be, um, like be more timid or be more like a, like a wallflower or like shrivel up a little bit. Don't be so this or don't be so that. And I just never understood that. I think this is like for anybody that relates to what I'm saying, I think you, Serena is your girl because clearly that's going to help facilitate like your natural urge to authentically, like just go for it in the moment, whatever that looks like for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Um, do you think that people can be with that said a little too confident in dating? Like, do, do you get from people like, well, I mean, I don't think so that too confident is a thing, but like, do people come at you? Like, um, that's intimidating. Um, you know, like I'm turned off by that. And if so, are you then just like, obviously you're not the right person for me. What would you say to people who question your confidence as intimidating? Um, no, actually, it's funny. The last episode I just did of my dating show, all three of the dates that came on all commented about my confidence, about how attractive they were. And these, some of them were pretty, pretty, the guys were pretty young, which I assume that I noticed that if a guy's intimidated by me, it usually means he's just not emotionally mature enough yet. Uh, but no, all three of the men, and some of them were like 24 or 23, were like, love the confidence. I don't think there's such thing as being too confident. I think that a man, if he's not emotionally mature enough or if he's not confident in himself, it's usually the people that aren't confident themselves that project onto the person that's confident and they're like, she's so extra. She's so much. She's so intimidating. It's like, if that's it. And that's a question I get a lot. What's the difference between cockiness and confidence? Someone who's confident lifts other people up because they feel so secure in where they are. They're, they want to, they want to bring everyone onto their level. And that's who I am. That's why I want to be, a, that's why I'm a coach. That's why I tell all my friends to go to therapy. That's why I won't let anyone who speaks to me speak badly about their appearance in front of me because I want them to be just as confident as me. Someone who's cocky is claiming that they're confident. Oh, I'm so fucking hot. Let's fucking go. Oh my God. Ew. Did you see what she's wearing? That's the problem is that they're not actually confident. They're over projecting confidence and they're coming off as cocky because they're bringing other people down. And it's really easy to tell who's insecure and who's not. How many people aren't insecure, aren't like focused on anyone. They're just, they're happy on their path. And if they can lift people up, great. So that's kind of the whole gist of like, when I go on a date with someone, it's very clear. So true. Like you celebrate yourself first and then as a confident person, and then you're able to celebrate others. Like my mom used to always say, the weak can't afford to be kind. So if you're insecure, you just can't. It's like the only thing you can do is just like rip on other people because that whatever, wherever it psychologically comes from. But that's a very good point. I mean, you celebrate yourself first and then you can bring others with you and you want to also because it's like you're you're coming, you're operating on a higher energy level at that point. So you're not going low and digging, making, you know, hitting below the belt and just doing dumb shit that's like a waste of time or whatever. Um, I feel like, that is clearly the root of just living a happy life. And then we'll filter into all the other aspects specifically in our terms, like dating and relationships, huge, huge to love yourself first. Like any, like we said, it works for anything, but like you got to start there with like love and relationships. There's just no, 
there's just no other way. Right. So uh, bringing people along with you is your thing, and you've brought a lot of people along with you on your dates. So for those that may not have seen your show yet, will you please let everyone know how Let's Fucking Date works? Yeah, basically it's a live dating show. I started it April 3rd, and um, we just wrapped season one. We're announcing that on Friday. Um, And it was really just me, like, you know, alone in my apartment, very single, very anxious because I'm someone who was like very career oriented, not focused on dating at all, don't need a boyfriend, just want to secure the bag, make money, make my career. And when, you know, the first weekend of lockdown happened in March, I felt this like extreme anxiety. I'm like, you know, just like crying. I have a video on my phone, of course. And of me talking to myself and I was just really like, I felt really alone and it was completely normal. You know, it was like a pandemic. It was, we, there was so much uncertainty. There still is. And it was very normal that I wanted someone to weather the storm with. So I didn't really end up getting anyone to weather the storm with me, except for I got something even better, which was, you know, uh, an audience. And, you know, we would, my show, sometimes the numbers would go up to 5,000 concurrent viewers, you know, for this dating show on Instagram Live, which is unheard of, especially for following my size. But basically, it's me going on two live first dates, blind dates every Friday um, at 8.30 p.m. I had a producer vet uh, the, the, the males that were submitted by fen- friends and fans. And I would go on two dates in my living room and go live with them. I would not know who the guys were. And then if the date would go well, then I went on a second date and I've been on like, I mean, what I've been doing it since April, it's like three months for 12. So I've been on about 24 first dates, a little more and uh, a handful of second dates. So yeah, I've, I'm totally exhausted. I'm wiped out. <laughs> oh my God. Dating is such a job like that. I mean, that is oh my like, God. it's such a job. And then doing it in front of a live audience, mind you, I'm like all alone. I do my hair and my makeup. I'm the cameraman, the lighting person, the sound, the uh, bartender. I'm monitoring the comments in the live. I'm also on the date, enjoying the date, but also providing a show that's entertaining. And then you do the after show. And then I do the after show where I invite all my friends and fans to weigh in. So, I mean, you can tell why I'm like total, and you know, and it's sad because like I've gotten messages this week being like, we can't wait for Friday. Like, is there a date on Friday? And I'm like, you know, I talked to my team and my mom, who's a reality television executive. And she was like, you, I think everyone was like, you need to stop. Like, you just need to, like, I, for me, I'm someone who, like, loves momentum and I love providing the entertainment. And it's always been a dream of mine to have my own TV show, like, since I was literally one years old. Like, I always knew I was going to be a star. I always knew I was going to have a show. I just didn't know how exactly I was going to figure it out. And and I just, like, it. it's really good to just kind of re- take a break, reset, and, like, think about, okay, what is the next iteration of this, you know? Well- I would think that would be something that would be good. I don't even know how with all of that multitasking that you're doing, which is really a testament to your abilities and talents and just everything. But like, there's got to be shit you're missing on this date. And maybe not. Maybe I'm like speaking out of turn here, but like you're on a date and you're like managing all these other things. It's hard enough on a date to like be paying attention and fully present to the person. Like, do you miss shit? Does like anybody in the like, comments or any of your fans or followers do they ever mention something to you where you're like oh my god shit like I didn't even notice that good or bad and then you like second guess like should I go on another date or not 
No, because I'm someone who I have really good intuition. And if I like the person, I'll go on another date. One. Two, shit I miss. Have you ever been on a date and you have 4,000 people watching? It's amazing. I've never had it because, yes, when you're on first date, you're on a date. And by the way, there's so many other distractions. I'm so sorry. But you have the distraction of the logistics, the place, the bartender, the people around you. What are you wearing? Is he is he going to pay for it? Am I going to pay for it? Is he just trying to fuck me? Is it, you know, are we going to hook up? Are we going to kiss? The name game. It's There's a lot of bullshit that happens in the real world dating. I actually found that this really boiled it down to the most raw part, which was a person in front of another person having a conversation. So in a way, I felt like it, it accelerated the intimacy tenfold. Have you found that it is forcing the daters to be more intimate with you because they know other people are watching versus when you've dated in the past in real life? I think that's a great question. I think that it's it's very specific on the person because on one hand, yes, I do think that there's this, because I'm so comfortable talking about drugs, sex life, mistakes, like my audience, I realize now knows probably so much more about me than I would have ever like let on. So because I'm so comfortable talking about myself and so confident in who I am, I think it really makes the uh, the guy – I don't think this would happen on any other dating show, but I think this is – I have this natural ability to make people feel very comfortable talking about themselves and me not shaming them. Like I'm not a judgmental person. Like I don't ever like – you know, there was one moment I remember in one show where I, I remember I asked the guy, I said, are you a feminist? And he was like, no. And I was like – and then we kind of like moved on and I was like, you know what? Like in my head, I wrote him off because I was like, I, there's no fucking way I'm even like, da- like what? What do you mean you're not a feminist? So I was going to kind of like write him off and like have my, and I saw my audience going wild in the comments. And I was like, no, wait, let me give him a chance to redeem himself. And I did. And it turns out that he's he's a foreigner and he didn't really understand the term, blah, 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 whatever. And I felt better about it and so did he. But really, truly, I think like in one hand, it accelerates some intimacy, but it's also, there is also this other, like this blanket of like, we're on a dating show. There's thousands of people watching. I'm somewhat of a more well-known influencer now. What are, are what are the reasons I'm being on here? Like, is it just for clout? And that's always been a kind of a conversation. But that's whatever. But I will say this. I went on one date that I met the guy on our dating show. He was one of the first episodes. And his name's Jake. And we went on a real-life date last week. And it was so great because there was really like, I felt like I knew him already. And like, it was just like, I felt like we already knew each other. Like it was not that like weirdness and awkwardness. And that's why I tell my audience and I really empower them to go on first dates on FaceTime because you're going to know within the first five minutes, if you like someone or not, you are, you're going to know. And for me, that's why I stopped dating because I was like, I'm not wasting a whole night of my week to someone I just swiped right on to know within the first three to five minutes if we have a connection. Whereas if you go on a FaceTime for what, 20 minutes and you're just kind of like just getting to know each other a little bit, feeling it out. And then you're like, great, that went great. Let's go on a first date in real life. That's essentially how I'm going to approach dating moving forward. Well, Jen and I have been saying this, the pandemic, that's like a happy accident slash silver lining of the pandemic, that the natural organic progression of dating has been missing a step that we have now been revealed. Like it's been revealed to us in the pandemic, right? FaceTime should be happening because- You're going from texting to then, like you said, getting, it's like, who wants to, I remember dating being like, I really am so sick of wasting a fucking hour getting ready in LA. Traveling. Forget it. Forget it. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. taking like however long it takes to get to wherever I'm going. Now it's like two hours out of my time just to get to the date. And then you're stuck on this date with this person that nine times out of 10 sucks. Like, I don't mean to sound negative, but it's hard to be on a good date and to be like the, everything for everything to align. So like, you know, you're going into it, the odds are stacked against you. It's fucking annoying. And by the way, on that note, you think about it, right? You just spent an hour getting ready. You, you spent probably an hour in traffic. When you get to the date, you want it to go fucking well, because if not, you fucking just wasted what, how many hours of your life? So what does that do? You stop being yourself. You want it to go so well that you're not true to who you are, that you laugh at every joke that isn't funny, that you let him say something that bothers you and you don't call him out on it because, because there's so much riding on it. Whereas if you do, I'm going to do a little marathon in my apartment. I'm going to do six FaceTime dates in the course of two hours. Then you weed him out. And then when you go on the date, you already know them and you know that it, you made the right choice in terms of like giving them this real first date. Yeah. And then you're more likely to be yourself. And additionally, less likely to be yourself if you're at a point in your dating life where you're disenchanted. Like I just took a fucking hour to get ready and now it took me an hour to get here. And then you get on the date and you're like annoyed already. Like it could be the reverse, right? You could be not yourself because you're annoyed at the process. And then you're like not hearing everything you should be hearing or whatever. It's like, this is such a nice organic way to move to the next step. And we have been saying this for months on our show. Like everyone should... FaceTime before you move into the real world. Like it just seems right. Well, it's more efficient. And I'm like you, Serena, I actually do stack my dates and partially because if I know on a night I'm going to do my hair and makeup and I'm going to like be calm and ready and be in that like mode to date, I want to have as many as I can that night because another night I might be stressed or I might be too tired. But if I've made the conscious effort to free my night of other things, then I'm in the right mindset to be open to whomever I talk to. Now, that also comes with a lot of scrutiny. And I'm sure people, you know, have a lot to say about what you're doing. And you, you know, might have the perfect response that reminds them that you know what you're doing. So they shouldn't worry about the process. But for me, people are like, don't you think that that brings bad energy from one to the next state if you're having a bad one? Or don't you also think doing this virtually is super awkward and people aren't really themselves and they're more nervous than they would be in person and you can't really get a romantic vibe? And for me, I say, no, I actually think that this is a more intimate way of getting to know somebody. They're in their house. They're more comfortable. Hopefully. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And they also are understanding that like the whole point of this call is to get to know each other. So you've got the parameters set up from the beginning versus like going to a restaurant, getting drunk or being distracted. Like if you're on your phone, FaceTiming, you're obviously not also texting. So you have to be focused. So I kind of think it's the way to go. And, and it really has confirmed what Lauren and I have been saying for months. And actually my therapist is the one who suggested it like over a year ago because she knew I was getting bogged down by the scheduling and the process of dating and so exhausted by the planning, the going, the logistics, the feelings about all of these different things. And so she was like, well, you know, how about you just like make life easier for yourself and do it from your home and you'll weed people out a lot quicker. So that's what I've been doing. And now people are finally on board because they have to be, and I am loving it. Personally. I had a couple of FaceTime dates like back in the day and like way back in the day, like before this was a thing and they were great. Like it just happened to work out that way that we did a couple FaceTime dates and it was totally telling like it didn't feel weird at all I could yeah it's not totally the same as being in person but you can 
feel a vibe and a little bit of chemistry. If it without exists. a doubt, without you a doubt, feel, you can I, feel. It's very obvious who I. I felt like real like butterflies with some of the guys on yeah, the show. Hell yeah! Wait, so then how do you? Okay, how do you figure out who goes on a second date? Like what? I mean, we what, ask the audience, but it's pretty obvious. It's like very obvious, you know. Just like you really are hitting it off. Like that's just your thing. And then do you try to move it to the real world, barring like like that guy Jake, like barring that you can do it based on what's going on with the pandemic and the things. Like, is that the next step? You want to go out and socially distance, meet the person, or that was that was the that was the one guy. I think there's was like two guys that that would have been. Jake was pretty persistent. Um, we had like a redemption night where we had five guys come on that I had been on past dates with to kind of convince me to go on like a real life date with. And he was basically one of the two that I would. Um, but that's kind of how I knew the season was over because, you know, I'm done. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, and I went on the date with Jake and it was great. He was adorable. So sweet. And, but I, you know, I, I texted him the next day and I said, like, you're fucking awesome. Like, I just don't think that this is, like, you know, for me. And he was great and he was, like, no problem. Like, let's stay friends. I was like, let's go. Um, the show also, I have to say, gave me more confidence with dating because I was, like, I'm really having guys, like, via, like, literally, like, compete for my attention. Like, really want to go on dates with me. Like, that's not something that I ever did before. So, it was really good. And what it made me realize is like, there's so many guys out there and like, I will find my person and I will not fucking settle. That's like, great. No settling during the pandemic. Like just because you feel isolated, don't let that bog you down. Like there are ways around it. You're a perfect example of that. This is actually almost better a part of the process than the way we were doing it before. So now how do you feel like it's going to change with like things starting to open up again. Like let's just say in a couple months we're like back to normal again. Do you think that people will still kind of fall back on this like virtual aspect? Do you feel like dating apps will like be, I mean, I know right now the usage is like massively increased. Do you, are you on dating apps? Do you think they're going to be a thing? Like, are you going to continue to practice this way? Yeah, I, I think that what's for certain is that this isn't changing for a couple months. Like this, I thought I thought we were going to go back to normal in the fall. We're not. So I and I, I think that this is I think the world that we knew before is over. I think that this is the new world. I think that in the date I've been on after in real life, even the people I've seen, people I've met, there's this really new sense of intimacy because we've all been a part of a massive experience, all of us. We have a shared common experience that's, that has novelty to it and that makes us interconnected. And because we are also isolated, now when we meet people, there is this like open-mindedness and this like generosity and friendliness in the energy that I've noticed from people. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think that the FaceTime date, I think that you're right. I think a lot of my friends were like, this is weird. Like, I don't get it. But it's like, no, like, this is totally not fucking weird. And this is amazing. And like, we're Zooming with our boss and our CEO. Why can't we Zoom with a guy that we, before we want to like go out with them, you know, especially because of COVID, especially because of hygiene, especially because of getting sick. I think we're going to be much more selective about who we choose to like go see. We're not just going to fuck a random guy in a bar anymore. I don't think that there's going to be this big sex boom at all. Yeah, I think people are going to be way more selective about who they're having sex with. Yeah, people are uh, saying yeah. that, like COVID babies and all that. I'm like, wait, I don't understand why people would think that because I feel like everyone, and of course, you can't speak. I mean, I think that if you if you were dating someone, 
that's maybe the COVID baby. Like if you're like isolated oh, with someone. Yeah. Cause you're like, like, like post COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. So what do you, what dating apps are you on any? Do you like any? Yeah. So I, um, I just did a partnership with Bumble. That was my last episode of Let's Fucking Date, which was incredible to have a brand like Bumble sponsor. The show was to me, like, I mean, a, a dream come true in terms of the, how elevated the show became. And two, because of, you know, Bumble has the in-app video feature and which, you know, obviously I don't need cause I'm doing it live, but uh, love that, you know, it offers that, that it's so easy because I think that another question is like, oh, like you want to FaceTime them, but you don't want to give them your number yet. Well, then you can do it in the app. I have been on Rye. I've been on Hinge and Bumble. And like, to be honest with you, like I've started just now because the season's over to kind of creep back in there and see what's up. And like, I find it to be extremely interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like in my perfect world, I would be set up with by a friend, you know? Agree. Same. And, you know, I keep hoping somebody will uncover some person I haven't met before because we do know that there's so many people on these apps. So there are strangers out there that we don't know, but having that mutual friend be the connection versus hoping that you match when you swipe right or swipe left or whatever, and then hitting it off because you write the perfect opening line and they banter back and everything works perfectly over text. You know, there's a lot of things that could go awry there, or maybe somebody's just busy and doesn't get back to the app in the time where the you know match expires. So there's so many things that I think being set up is the ideal, but let's just say we are using the apps because we do really want to meet somebody right now and we're still FaceTime dating and all that. What would you suggest would be like a good, confident opening line if you're reaching out on Bumble? Um, Honestly, I think it should uh, that's so funny to me because when I reach out on these apps, I just go, Hey, or like, what's up? Maybe that's wrong, but like, I don't, just don't think like the first thing like really matters, but like maybe like comment on like on their picture here, I'll pull up one of them. I, I just did this actually. He, his photo, he wrote, um, this year, it was like a prompt and it was like this year, I really want to go back to 2019 vibes. So I was like, I want to like, I want to go back with you. Like, I mean, like it doesn't, I think it doesn't fucking matter. It's not about the text. It's about, the in-person conversation. So whatever you can do to get there, that's when it matters. I agree. And I think with the FaceTime aspect now, it takes a little less pressure off of making everything so freaking perfect before the date. Like we always say too, this person is not your boyfriend yet. They do not know you at all. So like calm down a little because if they don't come at you with the perfect thing or saying the right thing, like you got to let it go a little because they don't fucking know know you, dude. They're strangers. I know people are so picky. I like legit. I legit would just Bumble was my favorite app. And I would literally, I did not, this is me personally. I did not care. I would just be like, Hey, what's up? Like I didn't, I, I don't think any, I hope that nobody cared. Like that's not very original or whatever. Like I sort of just was like, I, I'm, I'm giving you the, I saw it as on Bumble, the green light, I'm giving you the green light. So I'm going to tell you, Hey, let's talk. And then you can come in and do some of the guy quote unquote general stuff we had discussed earlier if you want. But like, yeah, I sort of, I mean, I think if you're like, you just did Serena, like if you're mentioning something in their bio, like cute fine but like most guys I would think if you're approaching them don't really care if we're talking about actually I'm gonna tell you that the opposite is true because I have noticed a trend in male uh, profiles and maybe that's just a my uh, in LA thing because 
obviously I'm dating in LA, but they say in their bio, don't write high. If you write high, I am going to. Really? Why? Who cares? Because they want you to actually put in more effort yeah. or like, don't write just an emoji, like actually write something, which is so ironic to me that they're putting all of these standards out there for how you should approach them. But like, okay, so what if we did that? What if everything they said, we scrutinized? If I hate your opening line and I unmatch you, like, how is that fair? It's like kind of a double standard. So I actually wrote in my profile, please forgive my opening line because I've been like judged harshly. So I'm like actually afraid of Bumble specifically and prefer Hinge because I feel like guys reach out more there than obviously Bumble. They can't, but um, Bumble scares me because I feel like so judged. Dude, you cannot care because the right guy is not going to give a fuck. They're going to like you for you, not because of your fucking opening line. I agree. I would hope that that's true. And I know that I probably just have to have strength in numbers and keep at it and that guy, whoever he is, will finally see my personality from whatever I chose to write them and falls in love and that be that. And I can become one of those, you know, bumble stories. But I have been disenchanted by that. That's a filter too, like, right? Use that as a filter. If someone's like, I'm writing you off because of an opening line. Good yeah, goodbye. Like, goodbye. Who cares, dude? Like, good fucking bye. That's not who you want to do it. Yeah, exactly. At that point, you're just like, thank you, next. (laughs) I say goodbye all the time to people because I'm just like, nope, 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 not you. So people have come at me basically with the fact that I'm either too picky, I'm not giving people enough of a chance, I'm shutting it down, I'm not, you know, letting things grow. And maybe that person, they've come up with like a series of excuses for that person. They're tired, they're nervous, it's a pandemic, how could I be dating right now? What would you say to those people who have so much criticism about my approach to just like kind of knowing myself well enough to be like, goodbye? It's interesting. It depends, like, what is the goodbye? I think that, like, if you're on a FaceTime date or a real-life date and you're saying goodbye, I think that that's fair because it's – I think it's, like, a real face-to-face interaction. I found that before and still do on dating apps. I'm hyper-judgmental about a photo. Let's be real. Heterosexual men do not know how to take good photos. And the ones that do were, like, ew. Like, why does he have such a good photo? So it's in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that the way the I think it's better to maybe be a little less judgmental during the swiping and more judgmental during the the face-to-face conversation. That's great advice and I feel as though my judgment usually comes in at that point um or it is also boils down to like their what they put in their profile if it's like absurd to me I'm like the fact that that person thought that was okay to post that thing I'm like probably not my guy but Run-of-the-mill people, I think, are pretty fair game. Um, But then I definitely write people off for our just difference in energy, personality match, you know, those kinds of things. I don't know. I think for me, those things matter. And, and it's yeah, poetry matter. You have, to, you have to go back to also, Jen, the other side of the story too, is that some people who were criticizing you, yeah, maybe some of it, you're an open person. So if people are criticizing you, of course, you're going to take stock in some of it. Like, wait a minute, let me self-reflect. Is that actually what I'm doing? And maybe some of it's true. But also you have to go back to what Serena mentioned earlier. It's a lot of projection of insecurities onto you too. Like these people might have their own fucking thoughts about what it looks like. And so then they're finding it in you and pointing it out in you and so you have to be able to and since you know yourself so well and like serena advocates like be confident in you you know the difference at that point like that's i know myself well enough to know this is my thing and i'm going to be confident in the choice i make and then these other things are just outside noise 
Yeah. So basically we all have to be queens of confidence and take a page from your book, Serena. And, you know, whatever it is, whether we're just living our best quarantine lives with confidence, or if we're dating with confidence, we, we just have to make sure that we are being our most authentic selves. Right. And loving ourselves. If you guys want to learn like actually how to do it, then Serena is like an awesome person to follow, to emulate, to be inspired by, whatever. Take one thing that she does if it works for you and try it for yourself. But like, those are the steps to actually doing it, right? Like everyone can sit and say like, love yourself, confidence is key, whatever, cute. But like, what does that actually look like and how do you execute it? These are perfect examples. So Mm -hmm. if people want more info, where, and like more help and just like to follow you and be inspired by you or whatever, Like, how do they find you? How can, what are they, we looking forward to next? Yes. So, um, you can find me Serena Kerrigan. I'm on Instagram, TikTok. Um, uh, I'm everywhere and I do confidence coaching because I really, this is something I'm really good at. I'm really, I really understand this. Um, I just understand confidence and I really understand how to meet someone and to, and to figure them out pretty quickly and to hype them up and to, to show them the keys to confidence and how they can really love themselves. So anyone who's watching, who, who is thinking about it or who wants a boost or who wants to talk it out, like I'm literally here. This is like what I feel like I was put on this planet to do. So, so yeah. And they can contact you on on Instagram. There's a form on my site too. They can DM me. I respond to every single one of my DMS. And you can totally, I, I, I really have built a community. It's called the SF crew. We have a Facebook group. There's like, I think almost 2000 people on the group. Um, yeah. I mean, at this point, like I, I want to be like known as the one-stop shop for confidence. You know, I want to be known as the Oprah of confidence. So, um, I want to be available. So I really, and I really am. And then in terms of what's next, obviously we're wrapping Let's Fucking Date. We're definitely going to do a season two. I'm thinking about entering the podcast space myself because uh, all of my fans on TikTok really want me to, <laughs> but, uh, but we'll see. But, um, but yeah, there's, there's so much more to come. I really want to, you know, be a, a leader in this, in this space. And I know that transcends just beyond, um, you know, a live dating show, but it's, you know, I really want to, like, I want to have my own line of mirrors. Like I want to, you know, I want to create my own like Soho house of confidence. Like I want every, I really want to master this space. So. Well, you're the one to do it for sure, because you've got the confidence to take the next steps to continue building your business. And that's why you make a great coach. Thank you again, Serena, for joining us. We have really enjoyed hearing your take on virtual dating and the confidence to do it. So we really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are super smart. And it was a really like very interesting conversation that I love to be a part of, truly. Thanks. So everyone, don't forget to tune into our podcast next week for an all new episode where we talk more dating and relationshipy stuff with our guest, Zara Berry. And if you want to join the class of master daters, don't forget to follow us on social media at Complicated Show. And it's complicated wherever you get your podcasts to rate and comment on our show. And you can follow me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds. And you can follow me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. We'll be back next week. Love you long time. You're listening to It's Complicated with your hosts, Jennifer Golden and Lauren Leonelli. 